0: Building a business is the ideal way to create more freedom and opportunity for you, your family, and those around you. Today I am joined, as is per the usual, by my my co-host, a man who thinks cars, not software when you say the 5.0 version. Welcome to the program, Ian. If you guys stick around to the end of the episode, we'll share with you the quickest way to get an SEO-optimized, highly functional e-commerce store launched to the world. And I'm going to share with you, against the protests of Ian, the unofficial guide the LBP Guide to Tooth Care. This is ridiculous. You're, you're going to want to stick around for this one. Let's go over the news real quick. First, I want to give a shout to listener Mike Stankovich, who came out to the Tropical NBA Party, who is a great contributing member of the Dynamite Circle. He's got a fantastic career and family in Manila, and he's thinking about... Wow, I don't even want to say what his plans are on the air. He hasn't given me the go-ahead, but I just want to say, hey, thanks for all the support, Mike. It was great to meet you, and I can't wait to meet up with you again, man. Uh, Some news. Uh, We've got a new weekly policy. Ian, the number one piece of critical feedback that we get, and we get a lot of critical feedback. It's fantastic. We get it sent directly to our inbox, and our listeners are cool enough to keep the critical feedback off of our iTunes review page. We've got a few new iTunes reviews this week. So, Ian, the number one piece of critical feedback that we get is that we aren't consistent. And a lot of the ways people, you know, use blogs and stuff is they want to know when the content's going to come. And we've struggled with this so much because the podcast does not make us
1: money. Right. This is no surprise to us that we're not consistent. I mean, you guys are just pointing out. Uh, a flaw that's uh, that's that's pretty pretty well known for us, not consistent. So yeah, thanks for that. But no, I think it's a, it's, it's a good point. So what we're going to try and do is we're going to try and publish every week consistently. I know we've said this before, but we're really going to try and do it. So here's what I'm going to do. We are going to take this off of our plate. So me and you aren't going to be in charge of this.
0: We're going to have somebody in our organization right now that's David Hehenberger who I don't know how much longer he's going to be working on the podcast with us. He's got tons of other stuff going. He's a huge contributing member of our team, PHP guy, WordPress developer. If you don't read, check out davidh.me, great domain name. Uh, David is just way too cool. Uh, he's like my right-hand man right now. Um, he's, you know, he's got this incredible future ahead of him. He's been traveling the world for a year and a half now, helping us with our business, growing his own business. Um, anyway, uh, in the short term, David's going to be in charge of making sure that Every Thursday morning, Eastern Standard Time, there's something on the feed that's positive to look forward to. So, we got uh, some great feedback from listener Daryl, and he made this suggestion. He said, I know you guys sell your first 50 episodes, but how about you take some legacy episodes from the past and republish them, maybe with a new introduction or something like that? I love that idea because a lot of that content, when we were back in Thailand and back in San Diego and all this kind of stuff, you know, from years ago, that's still. Good stuff. I mean, it still stands, and in some ways, we're now we're talking about like Hong Kong corporations and this kind of stuff. Some of our listeners might be like, well, you know, this Hong Kong corporation stuff doesn't mean anything to me. I'm trying to get a e-commerce site off the ground here, Tiger. So I, I like this idea of when we don't have a new episode, we'll take some of the old episodes back. So if you guys have requests for older episodes that you'd like us to replay on the feed, just email us or tweet us, and we will sort of tally the votes. And then whenever Ian and I are uh, too hung up to get a podcast out the door, Thursday morning, there will be a Lifestyle Business Podcast.
1: Right. So basically what you're saying is uh, look for a best of episode about three of the four weeks out of the month.
0: (laughs) I know. We're pretty bad. Well, I've got a lot of stuff in the hopper. I got an episode with uh, Tim Conley from the Foolish Adventure Podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. So, um, yeah. So that's that. One other thing that I want to address that's in line with this, Ian – is that we have a bunch of new listeners. I mean, every every episode we put out is just immediately downloaded by thousands of people. And I don't know where all these people are coming from, but you know, when we first started listening to the podcast, I think we podcast for probably six months to maybe 40 people. Right. And now the numbers are incredible. So I, what people haven't really gotten is like sort of a proper introduction to who we are. So this episode, our meat and potatoes, we're just going to talk about what we think this podcast is, and what our core business principles are. Fun. Let's do it. So first question, why do we even do this podcast? And I want to talk a little bit about why this podcast even exists because I do think that it's different. That is one of our the biggest differentiators about this program versus why a lot of other programs exist. This podcast is not a strategic move, number one. Number two, it's not a business move. Like I said, for six months, we put on the microphones and talked to nobody. Why would somebody do that who has a million-dollar product business? The reason we did it is because, in particular me at the beginning, and now I think I've officially seduced you into the world of social media and radio, I am a radio geek, I'm a total radio nerd. Yeah,
1: we've, we've both had uh, man crushes on Adam Carolla and Howard Stern pretty <laughs> exactly. much our whole life. So, Radio geek is the first step to this.
0: I'm a total radio nerd. And so while I'm doing my two-hour commute up and down the California freeways every day, listening to every internet marketing podcast on the planet, listening to every business podcast, every psycho- psychology podcast, every Adam Carolla episode, at some point it dawned on me, whoa, holy cow, you can do that you just need a microphone i don't know for some reason it just didn't occur to me for the longest time but i'm consuming radio content since i was a little kid in love with the radio my high school psychology teacher said you're an audio learner dan did you know that like less than 10% of the population is audio learners and i was like oh isn't that cool about me or whatever i mean so i just want to say like this is definitely something that we love doing this isn't like we decided that we were going to have this marketing business where we were going to train people how to, you know, because we don't have one of these simple businesses. It's very difficult to train people what we do. Right. So, so, you know, basically this is about, on the front end, it's about the process, the nerdiness of wanting to do a radio show. And on the back end, it was about connecting with people. Right. And, And so that's really been what we've gotten out of this. I mean, I think... The ways this sets us apart in my mind is that a lot of podcasts you listen to that are like strategic podcasts, they seem to deliberately withhold content and they seem to sort of deliver their content in a very manufactured sort of way. Like certain podcasts, for example, will deliberately speak to about things that they think their market will be interested in rather than what they're personally interested in at the moment. And I think that that's all fine and good. But as, because we're doing this for ourselves primarily, and because we're doing it to connect with people that are like us, I think we're talking about the things that we are interested in at the moment, not, um, you know, I might be interested in a Hong Kong corporation, but I know that maybe most of my target quote market, they want to hear about niche sites or whatever. Right. Well, I'm going to talk about Hong Kong. Right. And, And so to me, that is a, something about this podcast that's different.
1: Yeah, we're not smart enough to make this a funnel into anything. I mean this is just this is just us having a good time. And it's also us talking about our business and our and our journey along the way, our business and, and sharing, you know, the uh the cute tips and tricks that we're learning along the way. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're doing a lot of this stuff for the first time, so it's great for us to be able to talk about it, to be able to articulate it and then, you know, get feedback from other people too. I mean all the time we're talking about things that we're doing in our business and guys are calling us girls are calling us and writing us emails and telling us similar stories or uh, giving us suggestions so it's a great sounding board for us too so we've been doing this for over a year and a half we've got
0: 62 episodes in the can let's talk about a little bit of of what we've gotten so we haven't made any money we sell our back catalog so we have a full-time editor that works for this like we said david we sold i don't know how many copies maybe not enough to pay for david Not enough to pay, (laughs) no. I mean, maybe we've sold 20. Maybe. Thank you so much for everybody who's bought that. It's fantastic. I mean, there's nothing small about that number. I mean, to me, that's significant, and that really helps offset our costs. So thank you for people who've supported us there. What we've gotten beyond those sales, and this is not about those sales, we've gotten real friends, number one. I mean, that has been an incredible benefit by, I think, expressing who we really are on this program. You know, we're not marketers. People... This is who we are. And then people listen to that and they're like, those guys seem cool. I would like to meet them. And then we've gotten real, real
1: relationships. Real, real friends that we've flown across the world to be with. I mean, yeah, I know it's
0: like we're, uh, I can't even believe it. Like actually like we have a group of friends because of this podcast and that's been incredible. Real tips and tricks you guys share with us when we say, hey, this is what we're doing with this kind of strategy or whatever. A lot of smart people weigh in. And we never forget that because that really benefits us. So by giving our trips tricks to you guys, we get that in return. And that's meaningful for us. I mean, I'd say that alone has been worth us doing this podcast. By the way, this is all a sales pitch for you guys to start your own podcast, you know, right? I mean, it's absolutely been fantastic for us. Just be prepared to talk into the freaking nether, talk into the void for six right. months, you know? We've gotten incredible feedback. We've gotten free places to stay, fantastic parties to go to, um... You know, I've always sort of, a lot of people meet me because of the podcast and they say, Dan, wow, you're this networking guy. You're this connector. And I always had this really negative idea of what it meant to be a networking guy. Uh And I've always sort of resisted that a little bit because it's like, aren't networking guys like douchebags? Like they're the guys that are always like tossing out their card too soon like always trying to just meet you and like, and and get something out of you. But I don't know. I've kind of accepted that a little bit and said, all right, well, we're starting this new way to interact with people. Yeah, I think
1: it's, I think what it is is networking uh, while exchanging real value. I mean, you're not just passing along business cards here. I mean, we're exchanging meaningful information with each other. And it's also about sort of like retaining your character as you do it. So if you
0: meet somebody that you genuinely don't like, that could, you feel like could contribute to your business in some way, I think you take a pass on that. And you say, yeah. you know what? I'll wait until the next guy comes along because now there's so many potential people to meet because of the internet and because of the magnetic nature of this podcast and people come to us that we're not going to bend over to deal with people that don't share our values. True. And so I think that that's a cool part of it too. And that's good. This is all going to weave into some of our business principles, but I've accepted this idea that we're a bit of a hub. We're a bit of a networking thing and a, that's cool for me. Um, so let's talk about lifestyle business. This term. I mean we called our
1: podcast the lifestyle business podcast over, you know, a year and a half ago. I don't know, are you satisfied with that name? Yeah, I was going to ask you the same question. Would you change it at this point? I don't think I would. I think it's still pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. So I I guess I would say for me a lifestyle business
0: is one that focuses on the marriage between creating value for markets but also creating value for the owners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where and that this very small laser thin sort of uh, area where those two things intersect is that's where we're trying to
1: play. Yeah. Right now we're coming to you from Hong Kong. Yeah. So pretty cool, right? Yeah. And we wouldn't be in Hong Kong if it wasn't because we had a great love for Asia
0: and the opportunities that exist here and the lifestyle that exists here. Um, You know, we might be setting up in Chile or, you know, who knows what we would be doing in Delaware with a C corporation or something like that. Um, But yeah, it is an interesting, to me, Lifestyle business is about, you know, figuring out what it is that you want for yourself. And when I see a lot of entrepreneurs who take capital, people who take on venture capital, it's kind of like, I'm going to live this aesthetic lifestyle for the next five years. I'm going to do things that I don't want to do in the hopes of a payoff. Be a bit of a martyr. I mean, I think that you need to work your tail off, no question. But I do think that there is a middle way, a way that, you know, working for your business can be, can mean you doing the things that you would want to do anyway. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. I mean, we pass on so many different business ideas because we just don't want to work in that space. We just want want to do it. I mean, I think we can be successful at so many different things. But the things that we choose to do are things that we actually want to do. And even though some of these other opportunities might be more lucrative. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of things that would be more lucrative. (laughs) Yeah, than what we're up to.
0: All right. So let's talk about what we believe. So for all you new listeners out there, I, I want to try to pin down some of the core business principles, things that we believe about lifestyle business and business in general. And of course, not everybody's going to believe this stuff, but this is just how we roll, so to speak. So number one, we believe business is supposed to be fun. Yeah, buddy. You know, I had this argument with it with one of my old business mentors, one of the first guys I ever worked for. And I had this big to-do about, we were working with this accountant, and she was just such a drag. And I was just saying... I gave him the speech. I said, why are we putting up with this? You know, why are we working with this person who's just bringing everybody down? Is this the
1: one that I thought was stealing a year before she got caught stealing? Or a year after she got caught stealing?
0: You have the most incredible psychological nose I've ever met in my life. Ian already knows before he's even met you whether you're going to be a bad person or not. I mean, <laughs> it's incredible. So, And I'm a bad person, so that's where I get that <laughs> from. So, um and, and my entrepreneur friend wrote me this big email about how entrepreneurs need uh, to be put up with difficult personalities and, and they need to endure these kinds of hardships. And I just thought to myself, no, no, you don't have to do that at all. It's totally up to you. That's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. And this is a huge, uh, this sort of martyrship attitude that a lot of entrepreneurs have. You're supposed to, you're supposed to, you're supposed to. But at the bottom line for me, I'm going to do what I think's fun. Because I feel like that's going to give me my best energy. Um, That is going to rub off on my teammates and my partners. And I'm just not going to be miserable to be in business. I mean, there's so much opportunity out there. Find something that you enjoy. So that's number one. Business is supposed to be fun. Number two, stop trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. I think there's two elements to this. Number one is the martyrship attitude. There's so many entrepreneurs that are further along than us that kind of sit us down and give us the old, well, you should be doing this and you should be doing that.
1: Right, right. That's the key element here. What should I be doing? Yeah. yeah. That word should.
0: Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, it's the sort of like moralism that people have like, well, you know, you shouldn't be enjoying yourself so much. You should be working 14 hours a day. You should, you should, should. I think you, you got to develop that kind of stuff for yourself.
1: Yeah. There's only a couple of things that you really have to do or you really should do, Right. Process payroll <laughs> yeah. and uh, be good to people. I mean, it, it, outside of that.
0: Exactly. And you know, what here's the thing about shoulds is they're kind of mental crutches for people. It's like, well, if the entrepreneur comes to you and he says, well, you should be, you know, not traveling so much and you should be working 14 hours a day or whatever. Well, it's like, you know, that those aren't the key factors in your business being a success. I'm sorry, but like um, that is purely emotional martyrship. And if you feel better because you're on the email 14 hours a day yelling at all your employees or whatever it is that is your emotional crutch or because you only took two weeks of vacation last year instead of six, like Ian or Ian took what? You took four months of vacation last year. I mean, I think that people use these emotional crutches and it's really a distraction from results. I mean, that's all that counts at the end of the day. So stop figuring out what you're supposed to do. Just figure out what you want and go create it. So everybody's always asking, what should I do? What should I do? What should..." I, I mean, the entrepreneurial role is to create. And, and hey, again, this is why our podcast is tricky because we don't have the five-step guide for you guys. I mean, I think you have to trust your own instincts at a certain point. You have to consume a lot of information and turn around and make these strong, bold moves forward with your own unique vision. So number three, in terms of business, we believe in team-based approaches. So I, I think on the internet, solopreneurship is overrepresented. Yeah, and That's not how stuff gets done. Stuff gets done in masterminds. Stuff gets done in teams, in partnerships, with VAs hired from the Philippines, with employees in your home office. I mean, I I just believe so much if I weren't working with Ian in this business, I'd be a washed up travel blogger. (laughs) I'd be making an income on AdSense right now trying to scrape it by and then who knows I might even launch a product teaching other people how to scrape it by on AdSense. I mean, you know, having a team and especially a partner has been, and investors, I mean, we had investors early on in this business, absolutely critical for our success. You
1: know? Yeah, team-based approaches is really important for us. I, I think, you know, it's, it's much more fun. This goes back to the first point. It's much more fun to work with people, number one, we believe. Um, but teams can help. Push everything kind of forward faster and better. I mean, you, you need to have people around you uh, that can uh, push you forward, and I think it's really important to leverage those people and for them to leverage you and you know work as a team together to get things done. If you don't have the money to hire people, maybe find a partner or find a mastermind group. I mean,
0: that's been huge for us. Is find people that can hold you accountable. Accountability is just so critical. You have to set your environment up for success. You have to ensure that you're not the only one, you know, you kind of lock yourself into disciplines. If you want to get this stuff done, me and you have been working every day for four years at creating this business. And it's difficult to do that in a vacuum in a dark room by yourself. Right. Next, we believe that travel and internationalization are the biggest opportunities of our generation. I mean, This business that we run just absolutely could not have happened 10 years ago. No, Skype and Gmail. Uh, Skype and Gmail, thank you. And it's just so exciting. We believe in business-based travel. We believe in foreign corporations and internationalization. We've got a corporation in the Philippines now. We've got a corporation in Hong Kong. We've got a corporation in California. I just think that this stuff is way
1: too exciting. I mean, Why on earth would you ever hire a WordPress developer who lives in New York City? I think it's going to be super interesting, actually. I think we're really on the beginning of this wave here, if I could make a prediction about this. I think 10, 15, 20 years from now, it's going to be interesting to see who lives in our cities and, and where people live, just because this global kind of movement in business and telecommuting... Uh, you, you might call it like web commuting, I guess, in the future. But it's going to be really interesting to see where people live because I think we're on the forefront of this wave now where we can do business from anywhere. And we have physical products and we have a warehouse in California and we're still able to travel. So it's pretty cool stuff.
0: Next, we believe in operating on cash. We're not huge on investors. We're definitely not huge on VC, although I can't find one VC who would ever give us a dime, <laughs> man. Uh, we have a credit line, you know, We've got, our bank has said, you know, we've got a $100,000 rotating credit line. We won't touch it for anything except that once in a lifetime opportunity. Ian, you're the financial guy. Why do you believe in operating in cash?
1: I think operating in cash is is really key. I think there's a couple things to watch for in a a small business. One is is obviously cash flow. So uh, we just monitor our cash flow uh, really closely because it's our lifeline. I mean, I I think once you start to develop habits and start to dip into credit lines and things like that – you start making excuses yeah. for your business. And so that's just something that we're not going to do. If if we can't afford it, we don't do it. Same thing in our personal lives. You know, well, I don't own anything that I don't own outright. And I don't own a lot. And the reason for that maybe is because uh, I don't make enough money and because I don't do anything on credit. So I, I believe strongly the same way in your business. I think maybe down the road there could be situations that we get into where we need to leverage a credit line in order to um, – to, to do huge things, you know, right. groundbreaking things. But right now, as it stands, the last four years, we haven't leveraged our credit line. I love that. There's a couple issues. there. There's an issue of freedom.
0: I mean, the second you take somebody else's money, you are less free. And that's, a, that's huge. I mean, you don't want to do that. And the, other, and, and the other thing is, is it becomes a habit. And we've seen this happen with a lot of entrepreneurs who just sort of, they get the googly eyes. It's almost like the same kind of thing that happens with um, a young person and a credit card. And that monthly payment syndrome, it's like, oh man, well, I could just get all this new capability and the bank will give me the money and I'll make 5% over top of the interest rate. And like,
1: it's just, I mean, it spirals out of control real, real quick. And then
0: also you don't have that
1: flexibility. Flexibility is the main thing here. When you're working in cash, we can walk away from our business at any time and not owe anyone a dime. And that's a great feeling.
0: All right. Next principle. I want to separate ourselves from all the other marketing podcasts out there. Working hard, we believe that working hard and knowing your shit is perhaps the most important thing in running a business. I mean, here, you know, everybody wants to say that this is easy and just magically pop up sales letters and stuff. I, I'll tell you what I think, Ian. I, I work with a lot of beginners and I see a lot of new people out there. I think people undervalue knowing your shit. We come on here, we talk about general principles and people tap into that. But really, if you dig a little bit deeper, I mean, you're an industrial design expert. We've spent a lot of time cutting, you know, big contracts with Fortune 500 companies. And I mean, there's years and years and years and years of developing specific domain expertises that people actually value. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like, you know, when they buy into stuff like, um, you know, maybe internet marketing programs that teach them something that like thousands of people have done before them. It's sort of a commodity skill. I mean... Uh, here, Let me give an example. Um, let me let me just start d- developing a little bit of a whipping boy, which is niche sites. It's like, all right, you can build niche sites. Well, so can everybody else on the entire planet. There's, there's also like a million people, a million average Joes out there that'll teach you how to do it as well. So it's like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing.
1: But I'm just saying it's not really a high-value skill. People aren't going to pay you a lot of money to do that. Right. We've both been developing our skill sets uh, for the last 10 years. I mean, that's a, that's a long time. According to Malcolm Gladwell, you know, 10 years, 10,000 hours uh, kind of thing. I think that's that's be- becoming true for us. I mean, we're starting to become masters of some of our domains here, and it's because we put in a good masters solid. of your domain. 10 years,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to, you know, so in general, I think it's important to – Decide what those skill sets are that you focus on because knowing them, having them down pat, being an expert, uh, an actual expert that can ship, not some online expert that's got some... You know what I'm saying? I think this is substantial stuff. It really matters. Like People can
1: really tell if you've got chops or not. You can't fake it, you know? People are going to know when they hear you whether you're full of crap or not. And that means digging in from the beginning too. Yeah, buddy. That and means really committing to a direction. That's doing the work and that's the beginning. I mean the best way
0: to learn is to do the work. I mean you can you can listen to us two airheads talk all day long, but if you really want to know your shit, you gotta do the work. Alright, so next thing we believe. Man, I could go on forever about what we believe. And this will all change probably next week oh, too yeah. by the way. We believe that mindset and learning are perhaps the most important factors to our success. I mean since the beginning Ian we have talked about some hippy dippy pretty far out there mindset visualizations, discipline, we're always evaluating everything that we do. I mean, uh, the other night we went out drinking and maybe had a couple too many drinks, did a little bit of a party, and we came back the next day and we talked about that, you know, like what kind of role do we want that kind of thing to have in our life? Um, We talk about the kinds of books that we're reading, the kinds of information diet that we're on. Are we watching TV? Are we watching movies? Like, you know, this is all a total a full encompassing lifestyle. everything's on the table for us to evaluate together,
1: yeah, I think mindset's something that we talked about in our um, a lot in our earlier episodes, and it's something that we still do all the time. you know I was just uh, actually the other day I was thinking about mindset and I had a picture in my head from like ten years ago of of uh, something that I wanted to achieve um, and this works for anything from you know i picture yourself on a beach in in fiji you know on vacation six months out of the year anyways one of these things came true for me the other day and i just <laughs> kind of thought back i thought wow that's that's amazing but you know it's just one of these mindset tricks and, and and visualization techniques that we talk about let me just tackle on a few more principles here the the one thing i want to say is is if i could give a
0: little piece of advice i two little pieces of advice here based on these principles if you're if you're feeling like you've opted into the lifestyle. And we haven't talked a lot about businesses platform and business personal freedom. We've been going on forever here, but I think finding your ways to make yourself action oriented. So when you talk about mindset, oftentimes what we're talking about is ways to act more. I mean, the bottom line and Sebastian Marshall said this recently in a great blog post is that people who do more, tend to create more value, tend to make more money, tend to be more successful. So find ways, mindsets, that help you be more action-oriented. The second thing I see is I hang out in the dynamite circle and we're around all these kinds of successful people is that it's people who've opted into the mindset and the lifestyle of providing value, of being enterprising, of working hard. These are the people that are, are successful and that are living the lifestyle. And it's not the people that are like committed to travel or committed to... Um, not working a job or something like that, right? So, I do think that, okay, travel's awesome, not working a job's awesome, not having a boss is awesome, but if if that's, like, your core motivation, I think there needs to be a transition over to um, people who want to create value, serve markets, do fantastic work, continually improve their situation. For a lot of the guys that we hang out with that are doing the quote, lifestyle design thing or whatever, the lifestyle design thing is sort of incidental,
1: right? Because at, at at
0: the beginning, they were just guys who were creating tremendous value.
1: Yeah, a lot of people have been creating lifestyle businesses for like 50, 100 years. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, the opportunity
0: is open to many more people nowadays. And that's why you know, it is still important to set these mindsets to figure out what you're motivated away from, whether it's that job or whatever, to learn the quick trips and tricks and tips and the platforms you need to em- employ and everything. But developing that core mindset of yourself as an entrepreneur, As someone who's driven to create enterprises, that's what's going to get it done. We've been talking for a long time, Ian. So thank you if you're a new listener. It's great to have you here. Uh, We're going to put out an episode every Thursday morning, Eastern Standard Time. And if we don't do it, you know, don't shoot us. (laughs) We'll do our best and we'll put David on the hook for it. (laughs) All right, guys. We're going to move on to the quick tips, tricks, and or funny jokes section. Well... A lot of people want to do e-commerce, and Ian, they know that we have a million-dollar e-commerce business. One of our biggest pain points is that our biggest stores are in the Drupal 6 platform with Ubercart.
1: Yeah, and we've been hitting some resistance because we don't have a lot of firepower on the Drupal side right now. The reason we so, don't have firepower is because Drupal developers are expensive, and they're prima
0: donnas, and they're running around working for everybody they can get their hands on. And if you've got Drupal developers are tough to recruit and they're expensive. They could cost $90,000 a year in the United States. In the Philippines, they could cost you easily $1,500 a month. So, I mean, there's a lot of wage inflation going on in the Philippines. We can talk about that shortly. So what our challenge is, is to scale more domains, because we are developing products. We've got a full-time industrial designer. Ian's an industrial designer. We've got a new intern coming in to work with us. We've got designs pumping out the back. Our factories are cranking. We can't get our e-commerce sites up fast enough. So what we've decided to do after a lot of research and working with some people in the Dynamite Circle and Louis Cordy, uh, some guy who's consulting with us. Uh, He's also a tropical MBA guy, e-commerce expert. Um, We've decided to go with Shopify.com for our newest efforts. Booyah. So what Shopify is going to allow us to do there is a learning curve for theming, but we can launch sites for 50 bucks a pop, get them out there. You know, Shopify has done all the heavy lifting in terms of UI and, and site performance and all this kind of stuff. And we just focus on what we do best, which is identifying great products, building great products and marketing, serving our customers. Right. I think at a certain point, if we ever, if we identify a site that's doing over 25 grand a month, We're going to move it over to Drupal, port it, so that way we can do advanced functionality. And then we can afford to hire those developers. Right. So if you want to get a site off the ground, we've done our research, we've done our homework. You don't have to overthink it. Just go to Shopify.com and you're good to go. One other thing I want to say. Oh, boy. I know what this is about. You know that Glide floss? If you haven't used Glide... See, my mom works for a dentist's office. She works for an oral surgeon. And she said... And I know you, all of you podcast listeners have heard this before. If you've got a choice between brushing and flossing, you would floss. But I bet most of you podcast listeners out there brush more than you floss. Why is that? Well, because flossing sucks, and it hurts. And I've tried a million different solutions, and I finally found the one that works for me. It's called Glide Floss, and it's been out for, I mean, probably a couple This is not
1: new news. This is This is the ribbon
0: floss, right? It's the ribbon floss. And so what I do is I keep one in the shower. I keep one in my toiletry bag and one in my business bag. And I literally when I'm every time I take a shower, I run the floss through. I can I can floss three, four times faster with this stuff. I'm telling you, tooth health is important to your business success.
1: <laughs> T- TMI, man. What are you, you going to tell us next week about deodorant? There is. Al- I will, in fact. I've got quick tips on deodorant, but there is only one thing more important than tooth health when it comes to your business. I bet you could probably name that for me. The reason we're not on TV is because our teeth aren't the best.
0: <laughs> well, the only thing more important than quality tooth health is making cold calls (laughs) the two things that we believe most about business get those teeth straight get those tooth clean and make a cold call alright guys we'll see you next week Thursday morning Eastern Standard Time booyah hey everybody thanks for listening don't be shy we've got a mailing list lifestylebusinesspodcast.com go there get yourself signed up and we'll keep you up to date on everything